Hey there, thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on, or visit our website at guelphvineyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by Brady Wilson. If you are going to fulfill God's purposes in your, for your life, you're going to need a good father. If you're going to fulfill God's purposes for your life, you're going to need a good mother. And here's the fantastic good news for today. It's never too late to have a great childhood. Jaden's going, I know. It's rocking for me right now. And for those of us who didn't have a great childhood, the beauty of the gospel is that it's never too late to have God recalibrate so many experiences that weren't that hot and that didn't prepare us to fulfill our purposes for God's purposes in our life, that God can recalibrate that with truth. So Chris has been working on Why Vineyard? And what are the distinctives that don't make us better, but do make us kind of different? Uh, one of those distinctives is the Father heart of God. So I'm just going to tell you a quick story. And that is, for whatever reason, growing up, my father never had the ability to say to me, I love you, and I'm proud of you. Never. Now, that might sound odd to you. Jaden, I bet you can't even imagine, or Owen, Sylvie, that you, you probably get that all the time. But for some of us, that never happened. So... My father gets close to the end of his life, and he had a bad heart, so he had you know triple bypass two or three times, and then he finally ends up getting bone cancer, um, and he's on his deathbed, and people have been, uh, you know, well-meaning, but saying, aren't you so concerned about all the pain that comes with bone cancer? My dad had this kind of twisted sense of humor. And he, he would throw back his head and laugh. And he'd go, anybody who has a bad heart and a snow shovel doesn't have to worry about when to stop the pain. <laughs> but uh, so I'm having this conversation with him. And it's just like that. And I'm saying, are you afraid? He said, of course I'm afraid. I'm, a, I'm terrified. Said, but I know that I'm going to get into God's heaven. And he had a faith in God. Uh, and then he said to me, but you have to believe. And that was wonderful. But then he went on and he said, I love you so much. And I am so proud of you. When your heart is soft and impressionable, heavy words make a deep impression on a soft heart. And I walked out of that experience. Up until that point, my life could be characterized as over-trying. 
and never achieving. And I walked out of that experience and I will tell you that books started to come. And juice came out of that experience. And a life where this much effort produces this much result. Because the blessing of the Father was resting on me. Now, here's the issue. For whatever reason, what you believe shapes your reality. And so I believed that not only was my father distant and unable to show affection, I actually concluded that God was like that. And because when you're a little kid, your father and mother are kind of like God to you. Like we're up at the cottage and I'm lifting some log and, and Jaden says, my dad can lift way more than that. I'm going, you're totally right. You're totally right. I give Jaden an underdoggy on the swing. He says, my dad can do that like way better. Of course, because to Jaden, Adrian is a little bit like, that's just the way it goes. So what we experience as kids shapes how we see God. And it is very possible for some people to grow up thinking that God is remote, distant, withdrawn, emotionally shut down, judgmental, harsh, cruel, uh, unpredictable, rash, that God is hypercritical, unpleasable, completely unhappy and mirthless, and that God is all about finding the next thing that you're going to do wrong and punishing that. If you haven't noticed, there's a whole whack of people in our world that seek God that way. And so if you end up with that as your picture of God, then you're going to respond in one of two ways. You're going to respond as working incredibly hard to perform so you can please that very angry, critical God. Or... It's like completely rebelling against that and saying, screw you, I don't want anything to do with you. Or we can oscillate back and forth from performing and trying really hard to please God and then we just get completely exhausted and resentful and then we go over to a season of this. And that life of oscillation is incredibly unfulfilling. And neither of those views, neither of those uh, ways of responding to God will help you fulfill God's purposes in your life. So Jesus came to earth and he revealed 
what God was like. So the book of Colossians said that Jesus was the exact representation of God. So we don't have any problem when we ask ourselves, is Jesus like God? Our biggest question that we really need answered is, is God like Jesus? Sinful woman is brought to Jesus and everybody wants to stone her and Jesus writes in the sand and they all start to filter away and he basically looks at her and says, you are completely forgiven, washed with my mercy. Now go and sin no more. And we ask ourselves, would God have done the same thing? The disciples say, get those little children out of here. Jesus, no, 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 bring the little children. I want them to sit on my knee. And we say, would God have done that? The thunderous, vindictive God of the Old Testament who says, when you go into the land, I want you to kill every man, woman, and child. And that's not enough. I want you to kill every animal as well. That's how we see God. And we say, is God like Jesus? Is God like Jesus? So today, I want us to have a clear picture when we leave. What is God really like? When we think about the Father heart of God, we want to ask, could we get a clear picture of what God is really like for me? Because I think Jesus showed us that God, he could have spent his whole time going, God is a king. And all of his stories could have been about kings and subjects. And it's not like he didn't talk about the kingdom, but when he taught his disciples to pray, he said, pray like this. And the first words out of his mouth were, there you go. And when he talked about what I'm going to do next, it wasn't my king has command. He said, I always watch to see what my father is doing. And so Jesus is modeling. Here's what life's like. As a child, you live with this constant sense of watching where your father is and doing what your father is doing. It could have been Jesus say, no, 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 it's, it's a teacher-student relationship. No, he didn't. When Jesus wanted us to understand what life with God would be like, he went, you're a child and you have a father. So why? Because that heals our deepest wounds. The king-servant or subject relationship wouldn't necessarily get to some of the deep, deep stuff that we have to deal with. Neither would the student and the, the teacher. And you know what? Maybe Jesus 
display God like that because just that's the way, that's the deepest truth of what God is. And that's the reality of who we are. But that's, that's the, the deepest truth is that we are his children and that he is our father. So, God as our father, and I'm going to say father-mother because God has feminine and masculine attributes. We are created in God's image, male and female. So God has attributes that are about focus and challenge and results and purpose and mission. And he, he challenges us to be the best we can be. And God has this amazing sense of nurture and empathy and care and compassion and kindness and warmth. God is amazingly both. So I thought that it could be really cool if we work together to create a picture today of what God is like. And we look in three places. And so some of us, we think about God and we go, when I think about God, I think about stories of fathers. And when I think about the best fathers in the world and, and the best stories about fathers, it gives me a picture of what God is like as a father. So I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, a few years ago, I was down in Toronto, sitting there with a VP of some organization and Teresa keeps texting me. And I'm going, I cannot answer that right now. As soon as I get out, I read the text and Teresa, in her very delicate language, went, Tyler cut his thumb off. <laughs> and I started screaming. And JF, my, my uh, GM, and I start driving to Guelph. And we get finally to the hospital. And, of course, Tyler's got his thumb in one hand and his hand in the other hand. And the doctor is saying, you were there, right? Yeah. Uh, the doctor's saying, we don't know. Because it was with a skill saw, could have used a more precise instrument. And all the, the veins and the nerve endings, and the, it's all jagged. And so they go, we don't know if there's enough on the digit to be able to get it back on. And instantly I went, okay, take my thumb. Because you can make a clean... God, take it off wherever you want it, but take my thumb now. Now, I didn't have to kind of get myself into that kind of a state. Any father, any father in this room, am I not right? Would do exactly the same thing. How God would not only give his thumb, he would not only give his arm, it is possible that God would give his own body. Right? So in everything that we think about earthly fathers, earthly mothers, the question we're going to ask today is, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? So as we talk about the stories of great fathers and great mothers, we're going to be asking ourselves, how much more? 
Okay, so then we're going to look at the life of Jesus. So some of us are going to go into that. So they're going to be in three groups, just so you know. And you're going to be able to pick the group that you feel has the most juice for you. So when we look at Jesus, we're going to look at his life, but also what he taught. I'll give you a quick example. Some of you will know the story of what we call the prodigal son. Prodigal son wants to get his inheritance. He lives a life of kind of disaster. And he finally decides, I have to go back home. And he's got this speech all rehearsed. He's on his way to give the speech. And what does he see? His father. And what's his father doing, Joseph? Interesting running over to him his father has been waiting he sees his son coming from a distance and joseph has nailed it he starts running towards so if we were going to put a word up on what jesus taught about the father we would say god is eager that's not the way we typically think about god So we look at the life of Jesus, what he taught, what he, what he lived. And one word we might put up there is God is so eager that he initiates reconciliation with us. He can't wait for us to come back. He's watching for the opportunity. And as soon as he sees us on the horizon, he's running towards us. Well, that's a beautiful picture of God. So what might happen in the group of the Jesus group is that somebody might take the markers and draw a little picture of a father running towards the child. And in that, what we're going to do is create little pictures. We're going to create words. And by the time we're done, we're going to have this sense of what is God like? So some of you think about Mothers, the very best stories about mothers, the very best traits or characteristics or attributes of mothers. And you think, this tells us something about what God is like. If that's you, you're going to be in that group. You don't have to be a mother. In fact, it's possible that some of our fathers would be the very best ones to think about that. And it's possible that in the father's group, some of the very best people to be in that group would be the mother's. Or the kids, right? So, Ella, if you're thinking about what God is like as a father, I would suspect that you go, these are the things my dad does. (laughs) Okay. So, somebody else. (laughs) Somebody else. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay, I won't even go farther than that. Okay. So here's the deal, guys. You're going to go into a group that resonates with you. And if we need to bring more chairs, just make a second row. And you're going to start to tell either your stories or your experiences or what you feel God is highlighting for you this morning around what is the picture of God as our a mother? What is the picture of God as a father? And what is the picture that Jesus' life and his teachings paint for us? And there will be words, there will be stories, there will be pictures that go onto those pieces of paper. And then what's going to happen is we're going to take a few minutes and you're going to basically vote, I'll give you a very scientific way we're going to do that, on which story or maybe two stories is going to come out of your group to the rest of the room after we're all done. Okay? 
And because we're not going to be able to hear all the stories, but if we can hear one or two stories from each of the three groups, I think that's going to be powerful for us today.